Now, just before Pastor, Doctor, Reverend, no, he's not one of those, is he? No. So I've been asked to repeat a prophetic word that um, the Lord had given me. I read it out this morning. And over a couple of weeks prior to Raging Fire and praying for the conference and texting backwards and forwards with, with Seth and all we really text was, we're going to have a great conference. We're going to have an awesome conference. We're going to have a wonderful conference. So that went on for quite a while. And we did. Well, we had a great conference. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. But the Lord began to speak to me out of the book of Hosea. So I'm just going to read this as it was given to me. And um, it was read out this morning, so it's online. I presume it's online. Um, but um, we're going to redo it tonight. The Spirit of the Lord declares, I have claimed Raging Fire 2022 as the beginning of a new season of my power. There will be no returning to what you previously considered to be pleasing to me, for I have opened a new doorway for you to enter. This doorway will lead my church to a place of increased prayer, repentance from every sin that has kept my church in a position of powerlessness, and a change of heart concerning my presence. I will destroy every manifestation of the spirit of fear, I will take down every argument that has resulted in division within my church and I will bring back those who have separated themselves from my plan and from my purpose. I am settling on my church in ways you have not previously experienced and I am leading my people in the abundance of truth that will manifest in deepening anointing that will separate the hearts of the hungry from the self-satisfied. The day of my people enter the day my people enter into the new day of my power, I will declare the words of my servant Hosea. And he declared, In that day I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and I will and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. And I will say to those called not my people, you are my people and they shall say, you are my God. He's stuck. Just uh, stretch your hands to him. Say, Lord, we want the prophetic gift to increase. We want the prophetic gift to increase. And so, Lord, we say thank you for this word. We say thank you for what it means. We say thank you that you are speaking. And so, yep, we say yes. We say yes. We accept that we've entered into a new season. Hamakapurundo. Yeah. Like that. Oh, <clears throat> like that. Keep us Shandaya. I'm still looking for the day when Ross runs around the church. I've seen it, but it can always happen again. For those who haven't seen it, it's a sight to see. 
Good evening. God bless us all tonight. Can anyone say yes? We're here because we're hungry. And the Bible made a promise that the hungry are going to get satisfied and, and the thirsty are going to be able to drink. Now, I don't know about you. I like drinking. I've never been drunk on alcohol, but I love drinking of the Holy Spirit. I just talked to church this side. I love drinking on the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can never drink too much. You can not drink enough. But the yaboshunda, So for those of you who are wanting a sermon in English, God bless you. I'm not sure how much it's going to be in English or in tongues tonight. But uh, it's going to... Hey, and, and, and the funny thing is, God never minds that. I, I just talked to church this side. God never minds it because He gives it in the first place. I'll tell you what He does mind when He pours out, when it costs heaven everything for us to get this glorious encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then we go, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I've seen happier hippopotamuses in Africa. And it's like, it's so, it's so incredibly strange that, that you know, when God pours out His best, Christians go, oh, well, I want to just talk tonight, and I'm asking a question, what is your faith founded on? And that's a good question which we'll explore, because we can give lots of different answers and lots of different things that are, that, that are told, but we want to go to say, see what the Bible says. Our faith has to be founded on because it's very easy in the accumulation of good religious activities and and just our love for God that we we get founded on all sorts of other things. But I have a bit of a building background. My dad was a builder. I grew up on on, uh, building sites. When I was at Intermediate, it would be a case, Dad was doing foundations, and so it would be, okay, son, you're taking the next three days off work, and it was my job to uh, swing a banjo, that was the term for a, a shovel, and to put it into the concrete mixer. We didn't have concrete trucks in those days. I, I'm a dinosaur from a previous time, you know, so, and, and, and so it was a case of, yep, and we were doing the foundations, and it was, it was uh, five aggregate five gravel and, and one cement and make sure that the cement was the same size, no, no cheating going on. And, 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 and so then we'd do the foundations and the steel would be there and it would all be mixed and, and then back to school. The teachers enjoyed the fact they would sign me off for that because they were released from me for three days. So they, they, they enjoyed that. And so, but the reality is that foundations are critical if we want to build something. Foundations, if we don't know what our foundations are, then we're never going to be able to build. We're never going to be able to build something. When we came here to this building, you know, it looked good, and people said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as we stripped out in this particular, because this is a separate building to the one next door, as we stripped out in here, Suddenly we were like, you know what? And so suddenly work that you can't see right now, and there was a whole bunch of extra piles put in where the steel columns came in. There was all sorts of work went in. And then we went, right, now we're ready to start to build. 
And people have said to me, what, what do you think about you know, earthquakes? If, if there's an earthquake in Lower Hutt, I want to tell you the safest building in Lower Hutt is the one next door. That's at a hundred and something percent of national building code. This one, uh, it's only 90 percent or something. But, but all I know is this, you know. Somebody, aren't you worried about earthquakes? No, no. Sudden death is sudden glory. It's like, <laughs> you know. And there are so many times we can live our lives in fear and forget what our future actually is. Like when the, the surgeon was busy explaining to me, you know, I've said before about the, the, the what can happen when they were cutting me open and going to do some plumbing inside. I said, well, like, yeah, I've already been on the other side. I've got nothing to fear. <laughs> Make my day. And he said, you've got a strong faith. And I said, yes, I've never found the purpose of a weak one. And so it's like the reality is, what are our foundations? Jesus gave a parable about foundations. He gave a parable in this, and I'm not going to unpack the parable, but basically he talked about two builders, and the first builder built on convenience. The second built on perseverance. And the Bible reveals, reveals that perseverance is a hallmark of God's children. The perseverance is what gets the glory. The convenience is just what satisfies the human soul for a short period of time. But it's not a foundation you want to build upon. Whoa! There's a lot of people who want to build their Christian life on a convenience of their own soul. But when pressure comes, guess what happens? Oh, I didn't expect this. They need to read what Jesus said. In this life, you're going to have some trouble. Oh, you know, we've been supporting some pastors over in Ukraine over the last few weeks and, and people have been so generous and money's been coming in and it took us a little while to be able to get it. Miriam tried and was tried and anyway, praise God, we got the system working and, and they've been sending money and, and so, what he, oh, anyway, the other day, I was, I was saying, how are you doing, Pastor Oleg? And he had sent photos as he's giving to other churches so that they can help their people. And, and he's just spreading the goodness of God in different places. And he simply said, I said, yeah, we're, we're, oh yeah, we're doing fine. We're getting shelled every day, but no worries. And, and, and then he just said, we, we, we just keep working. And I thought, you know what? And some people get worried if someone looks sideways at them. I mean, they just need to grow up. I'm very pastoral, as many of you know. And, and so, oh, hello, Seth. Everything is fine with us. We are shelled every day. We are already used to it. We are working. <laughs> Isn't that a different attitude than sitting, living, building your Christian life on convenience? It's, it's, I, I, it's just like, I love that. He's building on perseverance. Our personal faith has many outcomes. 
It determines the outcome of our human lives. You tell me what you believe for and I'll tell you what you're going to see. Some people say, oh, well, I don't believe for very much. And guess what? They don't get much. It's like, (laughs) but you tell me what you believe and I'll tell you what you'll get. Because that's the way it works. And so our personal faith determines not only our natural life, but it also our eternal destiny. In Hebrews 11, we read about how people's faith, people just like you and me. It's so easy to put some of these heroes of faith on a pedestal. But the Bible doesn't put them on a pedestal. It just says they're an example. They're an example. God loves a trier. <laughs> and, 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 and for people who, who don't know what it is to have a happy preacher, well, you're looking at one. It's like, ah, ba-ba, 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 ooh, shukuranda. But the reality is that those heroes of faith, and it says they didn't all receive, they didn't get it, but they saw what was possible and said, we're going to shape our lives by the promises of God and by the fact that He's faithful. And so all of those people, all of them, it's mentioned that their faith was rooted and founded on one thing. Whoa, this is getting a bit strong. I feel feel your love. (laughs) It's rooted on one thing, God's power. That's what it's rooted on. All of these. Look at Abraham in Romans. It says, He did not waver through unbelief, Romans 4, regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded, not sort of persuaded, not kind of persuaded, being fully persuaded. So it didn't matter what came around because he had a perseverance. He was building his life on perseverance. He being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. And when we are fully persuaded that God has power to do what He's promised, guess what? Even when it seems like things are going in the wrong direction, we still have faith in the power of God. And therefore, we don't succumb to circumstances, but our faith starts to change the circumstances. Okay, sure, Andaya. So... This is good preaching, Seth. As Jesus prepared his disciples for a massive shift in the spiritual history of this world. You've got to think about that. See, we get so used to it all as just a story. But what was happening, he was preparing his disciples for a massive shift 
in the spiritual history of the world. Up to that time, everything had just gone this way. And then suddenly, and this is what we read, how he described it. He said in John chapter 16, and very truly, I tell you, it is for your good. I mentioned this this morning. It is for your good that I'm going away. I have no idea what it was like for Peter who said, oh, come on, Jesus, how am I going to pay my taxes? I mean, with you around, I can catch a fish. There's a gold coin there and, and I can pay my tax. I mean, that's the easiest way to pay taxes I've ever heard of. What was it like for others? I'm, when Jesus says, I'm going away, Simon the zealot goes, now I can get Matthew. Because Simon the Zealot, he was there and his whole life had been shaped around the fact that Matthew was a traitor. And while Jesus is around, I can't touch him, but Jesus is going away. Matthew, you're in trouble. I mean, you know, what was going on in their their thinking? We don't know. It would have been so much fun to to have been a fly on the wall amongst those 12 disciples because they were so different. They were just so different. It's amazing. But Jesus said, it's for your good I'm going away. Because unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. You see, all through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, He was there. But it would come on one person to do a certain task. But now this was the promise that everybody, I'll just say to it again, that everybody, that everybody was going to get him. Huh. Can you imagine the turmoil in their minds as now they are being forced to do an adjustment in their thinking and their expectations because Jesus was now cutting through a whole way of approaching God that had gone on for a thousand years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shh, this has just got heavy. <laughs> there was there was a, a while a little while ago when this glory came down, the glory the glory the, the glory comes. And it's not for my benefit, it's for everyone's benefit. That <laughs> God just says, you know what? I'm here. I've had people who were not yet believers jump up because they wanted to help. Let's just say their language when they encountered the glory was a little unsanctified. (laughs) As they went, beep, 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 what the beep, beep, beep is this? But the result was they gave their life to Jesus. And they went like, because they had encountered a spiritual reality that they'd never encountered before. Can you imagine the turmoil? You see, it's so easy for us to know historically the sequence of the 50 days which changed the history of the world. 50 days changed the history of the world. There was a crucifixion. 
I love Good Fridays. I, I don't know about you, but for me, it's such a happy day. People look at me and I go like, it is. Why would I be sad about Good Friday? If you're really sad about Good Friday, you need to get a revelation of what happened. It was not a sad thing for you and me that Jesus died. Because if Jesus hadn't died, we had no hope. But because Jesus died, we get the opportunity of going to heaven because He paid a price that you and I couldn't pay and He made a way that you and I couldn't make. And so it's a happy day. And that's why I love singing the song, Oh, happy day, oh, happy day. He washed my sins away. Oh, yeah, come on. And so there was a crucifixion and there was a burial and a borrowed tomb, by the way. Because <laughs> why was it borrowed? Because it wasn't going to be permanent. It's like. <laughs> I mean, why get a permanent grave when it's going to be a temporary visitation? It's like. And so there's a burial, and I love to think what he was doing to the devil down in hell <laughs> until there came the moment, give me the keys. Yeah, oh yeah, and the devil hands over the keys. So if you think you're in bondage, well, you're not thinking about Jesus who got the keys. He got the keys. The devil can't lock you up because Jesus has the keys. And so then there was the resurrection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the resurrection. <laughs> and, and, and there was a whole bunch of others who decided to slipstream the resurrection of Jesus. It must have been so funny for Uncle Henry to be suddenly popped out of his tomb. And everyone comes around and they oh, it was so sad. Uncle Henry just died. Uncle Henry, what are you doing here? It's like... <laughs> Because it says many others just popped out of the graves too. Because uh, there's nothing like resurrections to mess up cemeteries. And so it's just, it's just amazing. And by the way, the Bible says that there are people all around us that are dead in sin. But the resurrection power of Jesus can fix that. And so we just, oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 then, and then there was an ascension. I mean, people go, oh, this all sounds, I had someone say to me, this all sounds a bit new age. It was. <laughs> it was a new day. <laughs> the devil's never been able to create anything. He's tried to copy stuff. Yeah, but when God's power comes, wow. You know, and, and, and so people go, oh, you talk about levitation. And well, God's done levitation for years. It's like, ha! <laughs> He's done. People are found in one place and then suddenly they're found in another place. It's just like, come on, what's new? In the Great Awakening, and I think it's the second Great Awakening as well, in America where God's Spirit just swept. America was in such a backslidden, horrible, sin-riddled state. And, but some people started to pray. Oh, what an example for us in New Zealand. And, and, and so people started to pray. Not, oh God, look how bad it is. You don't have to give God the newsprint from the devil. It's like, <laughs> it's like they started to pray, God, you have the power to change the nation. You have the power to do this. And, and so cool, but shh. 
And they would get so under the anointing that suddenly they would just levitate. And so they, of course, they, was, they, were, they, they were there. And so they would have ropes and they could lasso them down off the, there. But there's one record where it says they just, they were in a big barn and they couldn't get there. So they cut a hole, they put a ladder up, cut a hole through and dragged them. And it's like, you say, why would God do that? Because He's God. I love that. <laughs> you say, wow. I mean, <clears throat> in some places I've been, it's more like the people have gone to sleep rather than been levitated. It's like, but then that wasn't the end. So the ascension, Jesus. And what did Jesus say? In like manner, as I'm going, well, the angel said, in like manner, as He's gone away, I'm gonna, He's going to come back again. Whoa, he's going to come splitting the sky. Oh, yeah, and every eye is going to see him. And there's going to be some people who go, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> come on, let's just be honest, because that's the only language they're going to know. But it's going to be, oh, I left it too late. Because in the same manner, the Bible is so clear. But that wasn't the end of this 50 days. There's another 10 days to go. And then... So <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> and then... Suddenly... The Holy Spirit comes. There came a, as a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. Whoa. And the Holy Spirit was no gentleman. He wiped out the place. He wiped out a city. <laughs> they made such a noise, it says it filled the city with the noise. Oh, well, you know, we, we just don't want to upset anybody. Well, that wasn't the thing of the early church. They were there. Oh, people mightn't understand. Peter gets up and they're going, what is this? And he goes, this is that. That was prophesied. And you thought it was a load of beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you thought it was a load of rubbish. And on the day of Pentecost, there were different groups of people. There was people who were like, Amazed. There were people who were wondering. There were people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was people who mocked. There's those sort of people around today. But you don't shape your Christian life by the people who are mocking. You shape your life by the people who are filled with... Whoa. <laughs> That was a good catch. <laughs> Shape your life by the people who are filled with the Spirit. Because that's God in action. That's God in action. Oh my goodness. You see, we can know all of this historically, a story. But we've got to know it inspirationally. Whoa, and it inspires something in us and it inspires us to go even more. It inspires us to go, well, if they can be drunk on the day of Pentecost, then I'm gonna drink more 
Watch out, Louis. Whoa. I think this is nearly getting chair time. Gotta look after your back <laughs> and your front. No, I'm not a. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. By the way, Mike, I believe in guided missiles. <laughs> And I also believe in hand grenades of fire too. <laughs> Is it getting hot? <laughs> it does that. Hey, Mike. You see, what <laughs> What happens is I can suddenly feel this ball of fire on my hand, and, and, and so I just give it away. It's, it's just what I do. It's like, so anyway, well, thank you. I'm not going to preach much longer because I'm not going to last much longer. <laughs> but anyway, Paul, the one who Jesus arrested as Paul was going to go and arrest Christians, and so Jesus said, you think you're going to arrest my people? Try this for size. <laughs> and suddenly he gets on the ground and a voice comes. Why are you persecuting me? And in that moment, what does Saul do? Lord, Why? Because he'd had an encounter with the power of God. That encounter was enough to change him from the persecutor to suddenly the one who was saying, Lord, Lord. And over the years that we've just been in ministry, we've had so many people who an encounter with the power of God is enough for them to shift from, I don't believe. To, I believe. I was in Ukraine a few years ago, and there was two and a half thousand people in this room, and a young, younger man. I mean, anyone more than three years younger than me is young. So, anyway, some of you brightened up at that, and so this guy says, "Why should I believe what you're saying?" And I said, you don't have to, but come here. I'm going to lay my hand on your shoulder, and I'm going to pray. He said, what's going to happen? I said, that's the fun part. I have no idea. <laughs> I just said, God, reveal yourself. And he looked up from the floor and said, what was that? I said, that's the God you can't see. And that's the God you read about. And that's the God who changed Paul into the apostle and brought the gospel to Europe that you are part of. And he's just the same today as always. 
and he became a believer and he was like, I believe. Not because of my amazing words. He became a believer because of the power of God. And what did Paul say? Because it's the power of God under salvation to all who will believe. And so anyway, this is all the preamble to get to the verse I wanted to preach. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I think I can read this. It was fun the other day when I was preaching and a whole bunch of people had to help me, but they didn't succeed. Would you like to read this tonight, Ross? <laughs> First Corinthians 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to what I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according, or what that means is in fulfilment of the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, so you can go and check them out. Then to all the apostles, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. So you better listen to me. That's what he's saying. And his grace to me was not without any effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me, whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believe. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. What was he saying? That our faith has to be founded on the resurrection of Jesus. That, he said, is the hallmark of Christianity. We've been celebrating Easter and over in Eastern Europe and what's called the Eastern Church. This weekend is their time when they celebrate Easter. They celebrate the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection. Paul, he goes on to speak a lot about the Holy Spirit and the resurrection. By the way, just want to say, you can't be born again except by the Holy Spirit. So why would we not talk a lot about the Holy Spirit? Why would we not open ourselves up for more of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I'm, can you just give me a bit of, yeah, 
just good. See, he, he's a builder. He's used to lifting frames. So, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. There is a difference between a visit and dwelling, living. There's many times people will have an encounter, but they don't actually take the next step and say, Holy Spirit, that was awesome, but you're never allowed to leave. There's churches that they, they have visits of the Holy Spirit all the time. When Debbie and I were asked and we took over the leading of the church way back last millennium, we were having prayer meetings and there was a prayer. No one was allowed to pray. I would walk across prayer meetings and tell people to shut up because they prayed, God, would you come and visit us? And I was like, that prayer, it's illegal because we don't want a visit. We want Him to dwell with us. We want Him to make it His habitation. Oh, yeah. And I remind God of that many times. I say, God, you're not allowed to leave. I walk through here. I walk into the auditorium. I still do it. And God, you're not allowed to leave. Because you said you would dwell. And so I'm going to hold you to your promise. And so we turn some music on. And so we've had music going in church since 1995. We've worn out CD players and suddenly technology has caught up with our need. And so now we just have music going the whole time. I love the story of business people who have come in and they go, what, what, what is it about this place? What, what am I feeling? And I love doing this. I go, Do you, have you heard of ghosts? Yeah. Well, this is a haunted house. And they look at me like, what? I said, we, we've got a resident ghost here. <laughs> and they go, whoa. And because they've been feeling something. And I go, really? I says, yeah, he's called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and, and guess what? These unbelievers, they don't because they've just encountered something. They don't poo-poo me and say, oh, you're being so stupid. They go, no, no, is that what I was feeling? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> we got a ghost here tonight as well. <laughs> and so, and then of course to the Ephesians, he, he talked about the same there, about his incomparable great power that is for us who believe. Notice how it's God's power and faith that gets linked all the way through. That power is the same as the mighty strength that He showed when He raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him on His right hand in the heavenly places. Wow. But even before He'd written what I read in Corinthians about the resurrection, He was preparing them for stuff. 
You see, we get so used to the story, we forget about the naked, raw truths of what he was saying. 1 Corinthians 2. Ross tried to steal my sermon. But, so I think I should bless him. How many think that Ross needs blessing? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a few. You don't think you need blessing? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 my finish of the message is demonstration. <laughs> and so Paul is introducing himself and saying, when he first came to Corinth, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. What was he talking about? He was talking about the resurrection. He was talking about the fact that someone popped out of a grave. And you see, it was so recent that the authorities couldn't shut it down. It was recent history. It was recent history. 500 people, do you think that they said, oh, we can't talk about this? Imagine if you had suddenly seen a resurrection. My lips are sealed. Come on. We would talk. <laughs> do you know what? I saw him crucified. I saw them taking him away to bury him. All the blood just out of him. I saw it. And guess what? He's alive again. Whoa! Hallelujah. They wouldn't, he says, that's what he said. I didn't come with a clever speech. I came with a testimony of resurrection. And I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except you tried to tell me this, this, and this. And I said, I'm not going to know anything except Jesus was crucified and he rose again. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that, here we come, your faith, your faith, Ross, your faith, Louis, is not based on what that says. Oh, <laughs> I'm holding you up now. <laughs> this is good, isn't it? <laughs> if the drunk lead the drunk, will they not both be happy? <laughs> So that your faith is not based on your humanity or what your human things can try to, but on God's power. In just a few minutes, you're going to be getting off your seat and you're just going to be lining up through here and people are just going to be stirring up your faith to rest on God's power. 
because in the world today, this generation needs people whose faith is rooted not on philosophy and not on intellect and not on anything else. I'm not ignoring that. But the basic foundation has never changed. Our faith has to be rooted on God's power. I've got a clever brain. Otherwise, people paid me a lot of money on false pretenses when I was an engineer. But the reality is my faith is not based on what my brain can compute. My faith is based on God's power. And so we can see that the demonstration of God's power was instrumental in the advance of the early Christian church. And it's just the same today. The Christian church is exploding in many parts of the world. Why? Wherever it's exploding, why is it exploding in those places? Because it's based on one thing, the demonstration of the power of God. But in the Western church, it's not exploding. Why? Because people have drifted away from being based on the demonstration of the power of God. And it's become intellectually promoted and it's become intellectually this. And we don't want to upset people. And oh, and, and no, it's got to be based on a demonstration of the power of God. And we have a responsibility for that. We live in a society that tries to reason and rationalise faith. That is no different than the Grecian Roman world that Paul confronted. And the answer to the reasoners that Paul gave and the answer to the rationalizers that Paul gave was, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I love that song. Look what the Lord has done. Yes, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He saved my soul. He baptized me and he made me whole. Look what the Lord has done. And you and I, when we have an encounter with the power of God, we can then go around saying, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Oh my goodness, Jesus, when He was there at the temple and it was at the last great day of the feast and He stood up with a loud voice, interrupted every religious activity that was going on and He didn't say, oh, come to me and think. He said, come to me and drink, which means take on board what's on offer. And so... Paul said that the same power that caused the resurrection is available for you and for me to raise us up into walking in glory, to raise us up to walking in revelation, to raise us up to be above and not beneath. Oh, some people say I'm under a cloud. We'll get above it. It's actually quite simple. Some people say to me, you're not very pastoral. Yes, I am. I love people so much that I don't want them to live under a cloud. Just say it as it is. But this wasn't the only time Paul says that the demonstration of the Spirit's power is available in a very personal way. First Thessalonians 1. And we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God that He has chosen you. 
because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So there is a question. What is your faith founded on? Is it founded on convenience or founded on persistence in the power of God? My faith is founded on the faithfulness of God. My faith is founded on the love of the Father. I shared this morning, I, I can't honestly think for a moment in my life when I didn't know that God loved me. Was I a rascal? Yeah, sometimes. Was I mischievous? Occasionally. But did I ever doubt God loved me? No. Because the devil comes along and tries to whisper in people's ears, oh, you know, God can't love you. If the devil is saying that, he can't tell the truth. Because the Bible says the truth isn't in him. So if the devil is telling you that God can't love you, the truth is he can and he does. So just align with, uh, the devil used to try and attack my thinking and he would be going, oh, you'll never make a great preacher. And I'd, so I'd write it down. The devil told me today, reminded me, I will be a great preacher. Because <laughs> if he said one thing, the opposite was going to be the truth. And the devil said, you'll never see a miracle. I wrote down, the devil reminded me that I'm going to see miracles. <laughs> you say, well, I don't have that faith. Well, get it. <laughs> and my faith is founded on this truth, that God has power to do what he had promised because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The word Christ is not just the surname of Jesus. It's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the good news about the power of the Holy Spirit, for it is the power of God to salvation. So it's time for fresh encounters. How many encounters can you have? I don't know. How much can you drink? When I was young, my mum, she told me I had to drink. She held me in her arms. I could have tried to spit it out. It's a bit like some people when the Holy Spirit says drink. I don't like it. I mean, we've got to learn how to drink. So really... My last question is, how's your drinking going? Because <laughs> you don't drink with your head, you drink with your heart. You, you believe, you believe. And you go, oh yes, Lord. My head says, I don't understand, but my heart says, I receive, I receive. My heart says, I believe, I believe. Oh, my heart says, give me more, give me more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so the writer of Hebrews, just to finish, his, says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And he said he wants to pour out his spirit without any limits. 
I've told the story before, but I want to tell it again. Driving on the German road, Autobahn, with a BMW Series 5 car, just an average car. And I'm doing 180. I'm doing 200. Cars are passing me. Motorbikes are passing me. No one's having accidents because they, they just think differently. I'm doing 230. I'm doing 240. I'm doing 250K an hour. It was awesome. Some of you are looking at me like, you are crazy. Cars are still passing me, by the way. But suddenly, everything's happening really fast. I became the limiting factor. The car said, I want to go faster. The law said, you're allowed to go faster. The road said, I was made to be fast driven on. I became the limit factor. And how many times when God is wanting to pour out His Spirit, when He's wanting to introduce us to His power, when He's wanting us to have encounters that can change society, Christians become the limiting factor and say, it's outside my comfort zone. Let's get into God's comfort zone and say, Lord, I just am going to trust in your power, not my capabilities. I was doubting my capabilities to drive faster than 250 kilometers an hour. You'd like to drive 250, wouldn't you? I was doubting my capabilities. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Many times we doubt our capabilities of the power of God. But tonight is the beginning of the rest of your life. And it's an opportunity to say, like never before, God, I'm going to trust. My faith is going to be in your power, not my capabilities. Your power, not what I can do, but what you can do. Can you stand with me, please? Good job, Louis. No, I'm not quite done. In just a moment, we're going to just pack up the chairs or just push them back. If you find someone's wallet, just give it to me. It will be a donation to Ukraine. And we're just going to stand in however many lines it's going to be. And the prayer ministry team is going to come through. And this is what's going to happen. They're going to not pray all sorts of fancy prayers. It's going to be simply a blessing of more power, fire, glory. Just that's what it's going to be. And you're going to drink of that. You're going to say, yes, Lord, I receive. Yes, Lord, I receive. Making a statement of faith. Yes, Lord, I receive. 
not based on what you feel, not based on what happens. In the next few minutes, there's going to be people who will get hot like Louis got hot, like I'm hot. Other people might fall over. Some will cry. Different manifestations of the Spirit. They're all in the Scripture. But the important thing tonight is that our faith is rooted in God's power. So we're going to shift out of what's our comfort and say, God, like never before, my faith is going to be founded on your power. Can anyone say amen to that? Um, Thank you for coming tonight because it's much better preaching to people than chairs. But in a fresh way, let's leave here tonight with this absolute conviction that like never before, our faith is going to be founded on God's power. Holy Spirit, in these next few minutes, just as the prayer team just marauds, just with simple words of impartation and activation, I thank you that there's going to be activation taking place in people's lives. That they'll walk out and something will have changed. And in a new way, they go, my faith is founded on God's power. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is active in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so in a fresh way, it's an opportunity for you just to receive. It's, don't process this through your mind. Don't process it through your head. Process it through your spirit, through your belief function. And go, yes, Lord, I receive. I receive. I receive. So many people, because they didn't have a manifestation, they go, I got nothing. Well, that's just a lie of the devil. Come, Holy Spirit. Let people's faith be in a fresh way based on what God's power is and on the demonstration of the Spirit of God that's going to be active. Some of you are going to feel a peace you've never felt before. Some of you are going to experience a flush of heat. Some of you are going to experience a little tingle somewhere in your body. Some of you are going to experience maybe falling over. Some of you are going to cry. But all of you are going to be touched with an activation of the Holy Spirit and so that your faith will be rooted in God's power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.